27 past the hour of eight. A couple of days ago, myself and my good friend Daniel Chappell had the chance to catch up with Joshua Haywood from The Horrors. They've got a brand new album out. It's called V and it is spectacular. The Horror is back. The Horror is back. So if you're a fan as much as I am, sit back, relax, listen to this interview. It's The Horrors. Joshua Haywood from the band talking about V, their brand new hot off the press album, and you're listening to the Haraway's Oat Singles Breakfast on 91FM. All right, right now I'm joined uh, by Josh Haywood from The Horrors. Uh, good morning, good evening, Josh. Good morning, good evening to you. Mm. You're doing well. Oh, we're doing fantastic, thank you very much, sir. Fantastic indeed, especially uh, when it's 8.30 at night and I've got to get up for a breakfast show in the morning, but that, them the breaks. Um, now... Oh, God. <laughs> How'd you end up with that one? Oh, hey, look, I got offered to interview, interview you, so it's not like I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's just it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, now, there has been a lot in the press, uh, both from the press and from uh, you and other members of the band, uh, that say the, you know, the horrors have returned to the shadows, uh, the horror is back and the horrors are returning to, from the light to the dark. Um, you know, is, 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 it, is that a deliberate look back to move forward for you when it comes to this album? Um, you know, or was it just, you know, a, another album, you started making some sounds and this is what you're enjoying to do right now? And this is what felt right? Uh, kind of a bit of both. I don't think it was really looking backwards. It was just, we wanted to start doing something a bit more nasty again. Mm -hmm. We wanted something with a bit more edge to it. I feel where previously we'd started uh, polishing stuff up too much. We wanted to throw something a bit rawer everybody's way. Is there anything that so, yeah, influenced that change that, that was mood? the only real idea we had going in. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, is there anything that influenced that change in mood to go nastier, a bit more darker, a bit more dangerous? Um, no, not, no, not particularly. We didn't have, like, this sudden epiphany moment. <laughs> I think it's just what everybody wanted to do. Keep it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and fun's the most important part. Um, now, the last two albums have been self-produced, and even before that, you did so. You know, the band did some production work. Um, you know, so you decided to bring Paul Edsworth in, and he's worked with the FKA Twigs, our own Lord uh, Thurston Moore, uh, Primal Scream, uh, and of course, lately Adele. Um, why, why let go of the reins as such? Was it the fact that you you didn't want that control again as well? Um, is it you wanted to be pushed by somebody else uh, to find to help you f maybe find that horror? Uh, we were just looking at our previous records and we were like, why aren't there loads of piano ballads on them? <laughs> so we called up Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it 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 got to the point where like we're like what we're like twelve years in now. We know each other so well. You'd start second guessing everything everyone else said to the point where we weren't doing anything because we'd already like seen the end of the conversation before we started it. So we thought we'd throw someone in there just to completely mix it up and turn it on its head. And like we've known Paul for years. I asked him for a job like about fifteen years ago. He never gave it to me. <laughs> when yeah, when he was when he was starting to be a producer, I was like I asked if I could come make him tea and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like the way I asked him, so that didn't really ever go down. You hadn't already. Yeah, made he was him. always. And we'd worked with. Oh, pardon? Sorry. sorry, go on. Go on. Um, we kind of we'd worked with him a bit on the last record. Uh, he worked on one vocal, 
Faris. Faris came back and said he was really, really fun and really quick. So yeah. Yeah. So you hadn't already we made him tea before. We need, we needed, we, we needed someone in there basically. We needed someone who was pretty headstrong and would fuck things up. Yeah. And just Paul seemed the obvious choice. Yeah. So you hadn't already made him a cup of tea before you asked for the job, and that's why he turned you down. No, he t he turned up. It was a, he turned up at a party at my house. Passed out on my bed, like we were all in my room anyway, because it was the only clean room in the house. Um, he passed out on my bed and then just started snoring really loudly. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And everyone, like, can you, can you swear on the radio? You yeah, can't yeah, swear on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it late? Can you swear? Yeah, you can Oh, yeah. They passed it on the bed and I was like, who the hell is this? And like, everyone's like, oh, well, that's Paul Poetworth. I was like, what does he do? He's like, he works in a studio. Don't, isn't that what you want to do? I was like, oh shit, great. So I wrote this long note saying how I could like make him tea and would work really hard and didn't know much but was willing to learn, etc. Put my phone number on it. I was like, well, how can I make sure he gets it? And someone just said, just put it in his pants. That'll be fine. <laughs> so I did that. Completely forgot about it for five hours. We were all off like doing whatever. And then he just like comes up from the loo at one point. He's like, who the hell's Josh? <laughs> like, it's me. You're in my house. Who are you? He's like, oh, where's this note coming from? He, I don't think he was very happy about the fact someone had been down his trousers. <laughs> and yeah, so I never got the job. So I had to wait many, many years into the future till I got to work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he, did he remember that? Did you, or did you have to remind him? Of course, yeah, of course he remembered it. Yeah. Uh, he hung it over my head the entire session. <laughs> All right, um... Well... Sorry, excuse me. Um, when, when Notes in trousers aside. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Now, so so it's kind of like had the process kind of itself become a process? Has it had had it become a little bit laboured and such with the, with the previous two records that um, that also ha uh, made you want to take a, a new direction in production and not even just that um, in terms of writing as well? Because I know that um, interestingly enough, and probably what people wouldn't have thought uh, this of the horrors, but you did a little bit of uh, bringing out the, the acoustic guitar this time round. Uh, yes, we did. Uh, that was done by Paris and Reith, actually. Um, now, I don't think it, gone to, it got to the point... Basically, with, the, with, the, with this record, we realised if we'd gone in and done the same thing that we've been doing for the last two records, we probably would kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, like, literally on the tipping point. So we had the... At least we had the foresight to see and think, no, should we not do that and not kill each other and actually just try and get a really good record out instead? Um, but yeah, the acoustic guitar stuff comes from... Faris and Reese went off to Iceland for a couple of weeks. Um, I'd been there earlier in the year and they decided to go off there with an acoustic guitar. Managed to see none of the country at all, but <laughs> instead stay in a small cabin in the freezing cold and... Um, I play acoustic guitars for a bit, and I think Farris spent about a week writing one line or something, just going over and over it, making sure it was right. Yeah. <coughs> and do you think that brought back some of those industrial vibes that you get on this new record, maybe spending that time out in Iceland? Um, I don't know, really. I don't know, it's, that's where the, the cold industrial things came from. I don't know, maybe that's just something people gravitate towards. It's weird. I it's something that's like kind of in me. Like that's what my dad does. He's a sheet metal worker. So I've always had it as a kid. It's just like that whole like clanging, the whole like mechanized, robotic nature of them places. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I'm not really fool about it. 
and, and you yourself uh, are into that whole mechanics of things. I mean, you, you make your own pedals. Uh, you love doing that stuff. You're also um, a physicist. Uh, I studied physics uh, myself. But well, I, I don't. I don't work as a physicist. No, no, no. But you, you're sorry. You, <laughs> you got. You have an honors degree in physics. Um, but when it comes, like, when it comes to making pedals and, and stuff like that, do you? Um, do you deliberately make them um, to fit on to what you were doing at the time um, for making a record, or do you just you, do you run in and go, look at this fucking sound I've made, this is incredible, let's work with something like this? Uh, yeah, kind of a bit of both. Normally, it's supposed to be really thought out, and I'm making something very specific that I can hear in my head that we need right then and there, and then bang it on. Like in hologram, we needed something that sounded like a hologram. So I found this way of processing vocals that makes them sound a bit 3D. Normally what happens, though, is I have a very specific sound. I go towards it, I get it completely fucking wrong. <laughs> I end up going down a completely different path. But that ends up being really cool when we use that for something else. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think happens, that's what, when you're trying to make something, I think that happens a lot more than people would actually let on. That yeah. you kind of meant to do something else, but you're the... You had the good sight to see that what you had was quite good. See that you just do something else with it. <laughs> I seen somewhere that you had as many as sixty songs coming into the uh, recording process for this. How did you manage to narrow them down to the the ones on the album? Um, we set out sixty red plastic cups and got some ping pong balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish you did. I think, it's called I think it's called Beer Pong or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. Um, well, you hope that just the good ones rise to the top and they're the ones most clear in your memory. But weirdly about this whole thing, which makes you wonder, like, what we left behind, uh, the, the lead single off the album, or the, the big single, whatever, uh, Something to Remember Me By, we recorded that in the last week and we'd forgotten about it. And Faris was playing Paul some demos, or like just going through like some of the, I think it's 70 tracks, like some of the tracks. He played in that one, and he was like, why haven't you fucking played me this one before? Like, we did play it to you like to a year and a half ago, and we just <laughs> forgot about it. And he's like, stop everything, and then just got us to like record it in, like, in a couple of days. So yeah, that almost got left off the record, really. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, you're just having that many things to do at once. Uh, I got two questions concerning uh, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Uh, one, last time I think it might have been last time you're here, you played you played Laneway Festival. Do you remember being in a club afterwards and a girl's hair went on fire? The hair went on fire. Yeah, yeah, right in front of you. Uh, I think she might I even can't. be right beside you. Just, just out of curiosity, if you remember that. What well, I, I definitely I remember during Laneways. Um, Normally when we come over to Australia, I get severely ill for some reason. Like, I get, like, a, an ear infection, but then I have to get on planes all the time and just feel like crap or whatever. I think Laneways was the first time I'd come to, like, Australia and... Or Australasia, New mm. Zealand. Well, we were in New Zealand. And I, well, yeah, yeah, I know that. But, like, you always start in Australia, don't yeah. you? Yeah, it's true, Sorry. it's true. So, that, so that's where I'm getting ill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, You're making this a lot more convoluted than it possibly needs to be. But anyway, so Laneways Festival was the first time I'd been over to that part of the world and not been ill, and so took advantage of this by um, really enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. So my memory of it is quite hazy. <laughs> <laughs> and my second New Zealand question is, I mean, this is always a rumour um, 
that I heard many times, and no one ever said whether or not it was true, but I heard you might have gone to the Davenport Tunnels when uh, the Minchicks played within those old World War Two bunker tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. So it did happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was great fun. Yeah. And they had, like, a generator in one tunnel, and then they played in the other. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good night, actually. I really enjoyed that. Oh, that, was, uh, that was many years ago. It was, was long. That was when they were... Uh, they weren't umoing all over the world, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Well, actually, um, Silicon was just down the other day. Uh, Cody Nielsen was just in Dunedin doing some things. It was quite exciting. He's fucking, br- he's fucking brilliant. Uh, those those Nielsen boys are, are some of our best. Some of our best. Um, now, uh, now V is an album that, um, like I kind of said earlier, it's it's different in many ways, but uh, kind of a continuum of a lot of things that you've done. Um, is it kind of the, uh, nostalgic and refreshing at the same time, um, and and for you personally, has it kind of has it has it, has it reignited your love for for making a record, um, for creating again? Uh, yes, definitely, and also for playing live. Yeah, um, I, I I feel like probably the last the, the tour before this when we were touring Sky and everything felt a bit more not scaled back but reined in and now i feel more back to when we started where i'm just trying to make the loudest noise possible which i think is how i work best yeah good that's definitely the most fun for me I was wondering as well, it's with this month being um, Friday the 13th and Halloween, and I've seen that Reese is bringing back that cave club club night that we, I'd love to go to, but I'm all the way over here. What song would you influence to his DJ? I, I, I think you can go there on the internet, can't you? I don't know. What's that, what's that thing where you go to clubs where you don't actually have to go there? I don't know. We're, we're so, we're, it's New Zealand, we don't know these things. Oh, oh, I don't either. I'm going to call it up, should I, please? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, I stop I, making a fool of myself. Yeah, I thought you were the person that just had an email address and nothing else. Uh, I do just have an email address and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. He showed it to me the other day. He was like, hey, like, if you couldn't come to the Soul Club, you could watch... I filmed it from like the turntable, so you could see what it would be like to be the bit of wood next to the turntable. <laughs> I was like, great. What, and do people watch this? It's like, yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> like a boiler room. He goes to the club thing. though and have a drink. And he's like, well, you can have a drink in your own house and just watch the feed. <laughs> and I just got really confused at that point and so fell asleep. The future's a scary place, Josh. It's a weird, oh, weird... I don't like the future at all. <laughs> so if you had an influence on Reese's DJ, say, what songs would you add on to Halloween or Friday the 13th vibes? What songs would you influence in his set? What would I, um, I would turn up with Cramped, my drag covers band, and just play Cramped songs all night, obviously. You've got another covers band as well, what one's that? Do you... Uh, that's the only one I, I do, really. I've not done it for years, though. Oh, I, but I thought you had um, another, there was another horrors covered band. Hmm. Oh. just made that up. I don't know, there's puns <laughs> yeah, going might, about. We might have just made that one up. <laughs> We do that. We do that. Um, now, uh, on, on on the back of just Tori, just before we go, because we are running out of time, uh, and with this album, uh, Daniel was talking a little bit before we got on stage uh, about your last two big tours with New Order and... Um, Depeche Mode as well, yeah. 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 
So, you know, did, did touring with those bands influence we much? Haven't, we haven't been on a massive tour with New Order, but that, that would be great. You, you, Maybe yeah. you can just will it into existence by keeping... Pretty, I'll keep saying it for you, Josh. But did, did those tour with Depeche Mode and stuff, did that, um, did that influence the record as well? And kind of, you know, has that geared you up to want to be playing those big stadium shows? Is that where you want to see the uh, horrors in the future? Kind of, I, I really enjoyed getting on tour with Depeche Mode, but we'd kind of already finished the record by the time we'd done that. Ah, wow. So it's weird. Yeah, people have said to us, were you listening to loads of Depeche Mode because you went on tour with them? It reminds me of Depeche Mode, your record. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> We've already finished it when we're going on tour. I can't... They play places so big. The first day we turned up at a stadium and then found out they couldn't play in the stadium because there was too many people, so just had to set up next to the stadium and just build, a, like, a, a, a stage and stuff and then just play to, like, eight gazillion people. I can't really imagine anyone playing to that many people, ever. That's I don't think it's ever something we didn't think would happen to us. That's fucking it's so crazy. ridiculous. It's crazy. That's crazy. Um, it I is. It's absolutely mad. And people just love Depeche Mode so much. Like, it's, everyone's crying in the audience. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. We're telling you to hurry up and get the fuck off. Uh, actually, weirdly, we were told by their crew, they were like, don't expect anything apart from being told to fuck off. <laughs> and everyone was really nice to us. Like, the, the crowds were, and they were, like, really receptive. But oh. they did say, like, don't take it harshly. They just love the mode. And you're not the mode, so why are you here? <laughs> That's how they see you. <laughs> right, um... Now, you probably don't... You do, you, I don't know if you know what you're doing off the back of this record, but do you think you're going to make it out to our side of the world uh, anytime soon? Well, we're hoping to. What's the best? What's the best thing to play nowadays? It's lane, laneways. We've already done laneways. Yeah, laneways. We can't do that again. Big day out. Stopped. Splendor in the grass in Australia, but that doesn't um, come over here. Yeah, we don't have much in the way of uh, anything anymore. There's a couple of little festivals, but nothing major in terms of like that. That kind of like your kind of music. So no, you just have to play a standalone show, oh. and, and you have to come down here too. We're in the deep south, you see. We're right at the bottom of the country, so we're far away from Auckland. It costs us a lot of money to get there, so you should spend a lot of your money to come here and see <laughs> us. Oh, great! Well, we've all asked to go there, and now they just want to find out how. I was hoping you would say like, "Don't worry, there's this new festival happening. It just travels around. It's brilliant. Just get on that." <laughs> and I'd have like, something concrete to go to the agent with and be like. Let's do this, Let's and then we this. can get out there. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry to disappoint you. Well, I think, yeah, um, I think the guy's about to jump on here and tell us to get off, so um, we're going to have to leave it there. It's, we've had a lot of 20 minutes. Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us. Yeah, cheers, Josh. Enjoy the rest of your morning. Have man. a lovely night. Yeah, hey, look, we really, really, yeah. like, we really love the record. We're huge fans. Uh, I don't get nervous for interviews anymore, but I got nervous for this one. So thank you for making me feel so comfortable. And uh, cheers to making the record. It's fantastic. And hopefully we'll see you over here uh, sometime in the near future. Yeah, hopefully the first half of next year. That's oh, what we're aiming for, anyway. Uh, that'd be brilliant. All right, Josh, have yourself a wonderful morning, mate. All right. Cheers. That was Josh Hayward from The Horrors. New album V is out now. Let's listen to a song from the album. That would make perfect sense. 
Here is track number four from V. It's called Ghost. Go out and buy it. You're listening to the Haraway's Oak Singles Breakfast on Radio 1 91 FM. Thank you. 